Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. And uh, a very warm welcome once again to Calvary St. George's. It is great to have you here this day. One of the big questions uh, that uh, is being answered for us today is how does God communicate to us? How does God communicate with the world? I remember one time I was speaking with a couple, this was a a while back, and uh, I was speaking with a couple and I asked the husband, I said, you know, it's interesting, I've never seen you in church before. And he responded, well, it's because I don't really need it. You know, I don't need church. He was like, you know, I talk to God out when I'm fishing off the Long Island Sound. I talk to God when I'm out on the golf course. And, uh, you know, when I talk to God everywhere but church. And it's true. You can talk to, any, to God anywhere. You know, I, I encourage people to pray wherever they're at. You know, and talking to God, praise God for that. But the real question is, is how does God actually talk to you? How do you know that the kingdom of God has come near you? How do you know, as St. Whitney Houston once sang, how do I know if he really loves me? You know, this is is the question. This is an important question because sometimes, you know, the fish don't bite. Sometimes that golf swing's a duff. And just for good measure, sometimes sunsets aren't all that spectacular. You know, let's uh, talk to God in the sunsets. Really? Okay. So, but this is an important question. And this is my first point. How does God speak to you? Well, our gospel reading tells us that God speaks and the truth of the kingdom of God coming near you is communicated by acts of disciples. Disciples being sent forth into the world. As Jesus says to his disciples, he who hears you, hears me. Basically what's happening here is that the Father has sent the Son, and the Son has sent, empowered by the Holy Spirit, preachers, disciples. And when the gospel is preached, and we're it more a little often in the church, but when the gospel is preached, what Jesus is saying is that the simple act, that simple act delivers Christ and his kingdom to you in full with all of his authority. Now, our gospel reading today tells us that he sends out 70. And the number of apostles, that's very significant. Uh, It conveys and articulates a sense of biblical completion. But the number 70 would have hearkened every first Jewish reader back to two important events in the Old Testament. And it foreshadows the ministry and mission of the church. The first Old Testament moment was that 70 was the number of nations, it was believed, that existed after the flood. And if you remember last week in Luke chapter 9, and Janet preached on this text brilliantly, Jesus had set his face to Jerusalem. Or in other words, Jesus was firm in his resolve and determination to die for the whole world. And so now he's sending these 70 apostles out. The idea is they are going out and will be going out to the very ends of the earth. 
The sending of the 70 foreshadows this great work that Calvary St. George's is involved in. The harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. There's an urgency in this call. And so we are being sent out in order to make disciples of all nations, proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near in the act of baptizing people and teaching and preaching repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. This is why the harvest is ripe. There's not a minute to waste. Publish glad tidings, as that hymn we just sang goes, because the kingdom of God indeed has come near you and I as well. Second, the 70, the number 70, would have hearkened every first reader back to the book of Numbers. And if you read in the book of Numbers, there comes this point where Moses is just at his wit's end. It's at the end of his rope, and he goes to his father Jethro, and he's like, I don't know how to manage these folks, and it's all falling apart. And Jethro says, you need 70 people to help you. And so uh, Moses appoints 70, uh, 70 men filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, in order to help him hold Israel accountable to the law of God that they had received. And so now Jesus appointing 70, what's happening here is that he is functioning in, as a new Moses, as the fulfillment of Moses, but instead, these 70 apostles are being sent out to proclaim God's forgiveness for our failure to uphold the law. The 70 are to be heralds of God's peace, and not in a funky hallmark sense, but in a real grounded sense that peace in the fullness of that Hebrew word shalom means. They're to go into the world and proclaim wholeness and restoration. They're to go forth and preach that peace that passes all understanding. And this is my second point. And it's a very important point, but it's often overlooked and misunderstood by Christians. But it's incredibly important because it's the distinction between works righteousness and you earning your salvation and salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. Notice, Jesus is not sending the 70 out to build the kingdom. And you'll go into a lot of church circles and everybody's talking about they need to build the kingdom. No, Jesus is sending the 70 out to proclaim the kingdom. There's a huge difference. Sometimes the way we talk about building the kingdom in the church is that we get the impression that God is some sort of passive agent with his hands tied, you know, waiting for you to do something. You know, gosh, I just hope Jake does the right thing. You know, that's nonsense. God is not the passive being. No, the testimony of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation is that God is actually the protagonist in the story who's the one acting upon us. The kingdom of God has already been built. And not on our efforts, but it's been built on God's efforts. Not on our works, but Christ's work. Not with our blood, sweat, and tears, but that of Christ's alone. He does the work, and our job is just to simply publish those glad tidings, to boldly announce that it is finished. We lost the war, and because of that, 
God has made us his children. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It doesn't matter. God has said it to be so, and it's true. He's not about to let his creatures have the final say, especially when it comes to your redemption and salvation. And so this finished work, this kingdom of God coming near to you, it comes, but it comes not with big fireworks, you know. It comes not with power and majesty, but it always comes to you in simplicity. It comes to you so that it might speak to you in the areas of your life where you feel weak, where you feel inadequate. It comes to you in word and sacrament. It comes to you in baptism, which proclaims your sins are forgiven. It comes to you in bread and wine, which reminds us of his broken body and shed blood. It comes to us in words from Jesus to you. Remember what Jesus says. He who hears you, hears me. And as long as a minister is proclaiming the forgiveness of your sins, in Jesus' name, notice what I said, the forgiveness of sins, not I'm okay, you're okay, because God doesn't make any junk. Not who to vote for as Christians in the next primary or where you stand on gun control or abortion. But the forgiveness of sins, the redemption of sinners who've been washed in the blood of Jesus. He who hears you, hears me. For those words, and those words alone, the gospel comes with the authority, and as St. Paul says in Romans, the power of God unto salvation. Or it's Corinthians, excuse me. The power of God unto salvation. And so then we read the 70 come back from this mission trip, and they're excited. What do they say? They say, Lord, even the demons are subject to to us in your name. I mean, that's some authority. They realize there's power in the name of Jesus. And they're given heavenly authority. Indeed, Jesus As the prophet in this moment, because you remember the Messiah is to be a prophet, he's to be a priest, and he's to be a king. As a prophet, he sees Satan fall. He sees Satan fall like lightning from heaven. For in Jesus, because if you remember from last week, he set his face to Jerusalem. What that means is what he's seen is the foreshadow. He's seen uh, that what's, what's to happen as a result of his work. So therefore, sin, death, and the devil... Uh, They have no authority over you anymore. They are actually completely destroyed. And nothing, what this means is, is nothing will ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, hurt you or keep you from Christ. Nonetheless, what does he say? He says, the cause of your rejoicing is not that demons submit to you. I mean, that's pretty cool, but it's not the big deal. The big deal is that your names have been written in the book of life. This is my third point. You will never find that assurance on a golf course. You will never find that assurance fishing. You will never find that assurance in a sunset. There is only one institution under heaven given the authority by God to proclaim the forgiveness of sins. 
And that's the church. That's ministers sent forth to preach that gospel. And where God clearly speaks in his gospel, he says, you are mine, you are forgiven. And that is everlasting assurance. I want you to leave this place today. And as you go forth to play with fireworks and eat hot dogs, I want you to leave this place today rejoicing. Rejoicing. And why? Because my words are Christ's words. And your names have been written in the book of life. For you have been given the promises of the gospel. You've been given those promises and water poured over your head when you were sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. You have been given that promise as you've heard forgiveness proclaimed into your ears today. And shortly we're going to gather around this table and you are going to taste and see and know that the Lord is good. This, my brothers and sisters, is Jesus' word and is guaranteed to you today. So indeed, let us rejoice, for God is good. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.